0: Hey, welcome to the Miss Reason show. Hey, welcome to the Miss Reason show. You got Just Jay here. Um, sorry, Miss Marie, is feeling a little under the weather, but we still have a special show for you guys today. Um, we have a guest who has been doing um some special things for us. Um, we do have. Are you there? It doesn't look like she's even here. Hi, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Amanda, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Hi, sorry we're we're starting a little late. Uh, Marie was feeling under the weather. How was your day today? Um, uh, busy but good. How about you? Well that's good. As long as as long as it was good. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a long day for me as well. Very long. Um so we're just going to hop right in. Um you, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: sure. Um I am a, an author, a speaker, a holistic life coach, um and a wedding officiant.
0: All and... right. I'm also an author <laughs> and uh Marie is a life coach. Yes, ma'am. I'm I'm an author as well. well there we go. All righty. So, um The name of your book is um, Holding Space, right? Okay, Holding Space, A Guide to Supporting Others While Remembering to Take Care of Yourself. Now, that's a big thing. You know, we we often lose touch with um, taking care of us. You know, we we normally take care of people so much that we forget to take care of ourselves. So you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. Um, So in the book, the the two main... Goals for the book and, and kind of the reasons that I wrote it um, are to first define what the term "holding space" means. It's a term that's kind of been tossed around um, in in holistic circles, personal growth therapy circles, um, starting to be heard more than it was before. And um, it kind of came through me to be the one to, to write the book to define it because it, it doesn't really um, have a solid definition for it. So I wanted to first do that and then. Um, also to help people to understand that they need to honor themselves uh, for doing it because it takes a lot of energy. It's a, a different kind of energy than when we're doing something because we're, we're being rather than doing, but it still takes a lot of energy. And, um, you know, as of, as of late, it hasn't been kind of a mainstream thing to honor yourself for the being that we do or for that to even be important. It's just been busy, busy, do, do, do. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our world and, um, everything on it kind of, uh, especially in the Western world needs to sort of, uh, scale back on that and, and balance the scales a little bit and, um, not do so much doing, but a little bit more being so we can be a little bit more balanced. Oh, that's awesome. Um,
0: I myself have, you know, problems with balance. I often, uh you know, overextend myself in one area and, and, you know, find myself frustrated because I don't have enough to put towards something else.
1: Mhm. Well, you'd be a great candidate for uh, the last, uh, well, one of the last interviews I did, oh, I was talking about work-life balance, which tends to be something people need a lot. And you'd think that it's, you know, just, oh, ho-hum, boring work-life balance talk, um, you know, when you see that someone's going to offer that. But I kind of give a different, um, perspective to it that um, with you know to answer your, what you were saying is that if you kind of really get to know yourself and you know you and I will define holding space at some point I promise but if you really get to know yourself and hold space for yourself and find out what's important to you uh, who you really are what you want to make priorities um, you know who you are way down underneath before everybody told you who you should be or what you were supposed to do and that you buried and shoved down there When you figure out that, um, you'll know which things you want to give your energy to and which things you can kind of scale back some energy to so that, you know, the things that you do want to give it to, you have the energy for. So. Okay.
0: Um, so I I wanna throw in an extra question that I have myself. I see um you, you work with women who are newly awakening um in their spirituality. So mm-hmm. um do you focus specifically on women or is it you know, or is it just driven towards women and anybody can
1: uh Well, that's a good question. Um I am very happy and love to work with both men and women. Um traditionally and historically when you look into holistic circles or, you know, personal growth circles or um, kind of the spirituality without necessarily any kind of specific religion, uh, it tends to be more women that gravitate towards doing that kind of work. Um, Only because I think in our culture, we've, we've made it okay for women to do those things and, you know, um, you know, sort of encourage them to do it, but men have to stuff everything down and, and be kind of stoic and and things like that. They haven't been encouraged to do it. So I love when there are, you know, awakening men who want to get in there and and do that personal growth work as well. And I'm not saying that none of them do. I'm just saying the culture hasn't, you know, made that an acceptable acceptable. thing. Um, Right. So I definitely work with both, but I tend to get more women just because that's, you know, who historically has been interested in that sort of work and who has been allowed to do it. So.
0: Okay, I mean it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, traditionally, uh, you know, we expect as a society for men to just uh, be okay all the time, and you know, <laughs> just you know, just flow with it, whatever is going on and, and take it and try it. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, why is this book important right now?
1: Well, <laughs> we need to get back in touch with ourselves, you know, like I said earlier. And um, what ends up happening is we what we need right now is kind of a shift in consciousness. Um, we've been doing things one way all this time, and, you know, it's kind of blowing up in our faces. And so we need to find new wisdoms, new teachings, which, which really aren't even new at all. They're just, you know, old buried things that we need to pull back up and, and relook at. Um, but there's a, there's a ripple effect that happens when we do our personal growth work and we learn to love ourselves, which are two things that we weren't encouraged to do in our society. You know, therapy or, or any kind of personal growth was, you know, you had to be really crazy to do that. Um, or self-care or self-love, like you mentioned before. You know, we're taught to take care of everybody else and then think about ourselves last, maybe. Um, so the ripple effect happens when we do our personal growth work, take care of ourselves. Um, you know, do what we need to do to understand ourselves. And then we do that in our our personal relationships with our friends, with our partners, you know, with our families. Then we're doing it at work and that ripple effect just keeps going out. And then the whole of society starts to change as well, because all of these people who are doing this work and rippling it out to all these, you know, personal parts of their life um, start to interact with the world. And then society starts to change this kind of by the, 100th monkey effect you know we we get that like shift that tipping point
0: okay um I, I really like that idea it's
1: kind of like paying it forward spiritually kind of thing um yeah it's it's more it's it's not really thinking about paying it forward it's it's more just you know really getting to know and and love yourself and doing that hard work of of getting in there and digging up all your stuff and finding out what's what you want there, what somebody else put there, you know, um, in what ways you're not loving yourself or you're giving yourself to too many things that you don't even want to, or isn't necessary. Um, and then, like I said, when we become more happy and whole people, then we're going to radiate that out to our relationships. That's going to radiate out to, you know, workplaces and, you know, just going to the, the store and things like that. And um, then people who are, you know, making more of the bigger decisions and affecting businesses and just kind of the whole way our society functions um, are going to feel better about themselves and about things too. And just we'll be making different decisions and we'll, we'll start to care for ourselves and each other and the earth a little bit more.
0: Okay. Um, I I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I think that's something that I personally would be, you know, interested in, um, is it's it's a wonderful it's it's as- it's wonderful that you came up with this idea um why is it important for women specifically to read your book
1: <laughs> well like you and I discussed before um, women specifically are taught, you know, because you, you said, you know, I give to everybody else when I think about myself last. Um, you know, like we said before about men, men are taught to stuff everything down and just be fine and not be in touch with their feelings or what they really want or anything else. Well, women were taught um, to take care of everybody else and think about themselves maybe last if they had a minute. And it's just wrong. Um, you know, we have to keep ourselves Full and we can't give to other people unless we have a full cup ourselves. So that's one of those, um, also those kind of consciousness ideas that needs to change. And we need to go back and pull up the, the wisdoms that were always there and rebalance that kind of thing and, and uh, remind women that that's not really the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> um, and we right. need to be balanced as well.
0: So we have to like unteach ourselves, you know, how, the way we've been yep. pushed. Uh, you know, forever, because, you know, for generations, it's like, okay, mom takes care of everybody, you know, mom Mm -hmm. takes takes care of the husband and the kids in the house, and, you know, this thing and that thing, and then, you know, last, if she has the energy, then she'll do something nice for herself.
1: Exactly, like you said, if, if she has the energy, which you know no you're not going to have any left and the thing is is that's going to breed all kinds of resentment and things like that too unless you know you're either a martyr or resent you know get resentful then you either just sort of sacrifice everything but then they're you know these women have so much to, to give to the world too and it's just it's also denying the other people and the family um, of the chance to do their own work of you know making sure that they're healthy emotionally and spiritually and things if if the women are doing everybody's work for them. So that's a good point
0: that you make. Um you know as you were speaking I was thinking about that you know when we're especially with our children and even with our spouses you know they become so dependent on us being able to fix anything if if we're sick or if you know uh God forbid you know we pass away they're they're not some people are just not able to do this from themselves ever when that person is not there to do it anymore.
1: Right, or, you well, know, that's not, the thing not capable. Everybody everybody should, you know, be able to take care of themselves and you know, unless there's some reason why they can't take care of themselves, but in a general sense, you know, we should really take care of ourselves first and then things that we need assistance with is what we, you know, get that extra assistance from other people with. But things that we should be doing ourselves, like you're saying in your example, you know, the kids are the mom is doing everything for the kids or everything for the, the husband or, you know, everything for work or whatever, not even just the mom, even the, the, you know, a man doing everything for, for work or somebody else. Um, like I said, not only does it drain that person, but it also denies the other people the chance to step up and step into themselves and get stronger and and more confident and, and do their, their work. Very true.
0: So you spoke about um, self-love and um mm-hmm. doing you know per- personal growth work um you know how they're important to each person in- individually as well as you know the people connected to them um right. why is it so why is that so important like what will change if more people look inwards and heal themselves personally like at this point right now
1: sure well like i mentioned before it's sort of that consciousness shift um to and the ripple effect of if we're you know, doing it ourselves. And I like to think of it, too, as, you know, the, the people who are making the the bigger decisions for society, the larger companies or, you know, things like that, or even, you know, the moms and dads of families or, you know, um, rulers of worlds or whatever. <laughs> um, those are the people changing things for, for a whole planet. And so, you know, sometimes people don't think that they have um, – you know, the ability or the power to to do anything or to change anything. But really, if they're doing their own um, personal work, their own growth work, they're starting to love themselves, they're starting to realize, hey, I don't need to take care of everybody else, you know, first and not myself. I need to learn how to, you know, take care of myself first and then, you know, take care of other people in a way that's balanced, in a way that lets them take responsibility for themselves. It just balances those scales. And, you know, when people aren't feeling drained, they're not feeling taken advantage of, they're not, you know, maybe not being um, confident enough or or doing their work enough or, you know, things like that. It just, um, it will balance everything out. And I think people will become softer and kinder and, you know, start to make decisions that are more um, sustainable and more honoring of themselves, each other, and, and the planet we live on. Okay.
0: So uh, you speak about um, holding space. It's like you're in touch with a a few different ways to do that um, in your book. So can you explain to us more about what those different ways are?
1: Absolutely. Um, And I promised before that I would define it, so I want to do that first. Um, So one of the the big first parts of the book is to define what holding space means. So what it is is it's creating an, an organic container, or creating an, an, ener- sorry, an energetic container <laughs> it's been a long day for me too. Creating an energetic container <laughs> to allow whatever organically needs to come out of that situation. Um, so if you're holding space for yourself, um, you're kind of um, creating, like I said, this energy, it's an abstract thing. You're creating this energetic container to not try to force an answer. Um, the, the beginning chapter is uh, allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. Which most people don't like doing, um, but sometimes when you're holding space for yourself to get an answer about something or know what to do, you might get really uncomfortable for a while first, because all your old stuff's going to come up and trigger you and things like that. In order for you to weed through it and figure out, you know, the answer that you're looking for, um, so in that, that's how you would hold space in that situation. If you hold space for um, a friend or you know a loved one or even a neighbor, you know, person on the street. Um, same thing you're you're not trying to do their work for them you're not trying to jump in and save them you're allowing them and allowing the situation to you know organically present itself with an answer rather than trying to think that you know we are in control and we can solve it and we can come up with the best um, answer or situation um, other ways to do it are professionally um, as, a, as a life coach or as a wedding officiant I hold space um when i do weddings i'm holding space for the the whole crowd of people um you know they seem like oh there's just joyous occasions it's so you know easy and great and all you do is get up there and talk for a couple minutes but that's not really what it is it's um there's a lot of energy in the room it's very palpable there's a lot of emotions going on and so i'm facilitating and i'm also sort of directing where that energy is going if we need a a joke if we need more seriousness excuse me one second Sorry, I needed to grab some water. Um, it's okay. So we can, we can hold it, you know, professionally. Uh, we can hold it for situations, you know, things that are um, kind of a conflict between people or, you know, just something where we don't have the answer for yet. So it, it's basically stepping back a little bit and observing, allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable and allowing the situation to sort of be what it is for a little bit rather than jumping in and trying to fix it, solve it, um, you know, just kind of put an into it, put it away right away. It's it's being with that uncomfortableness for a little bit and letting the answer sort of emerge by itself organically rather than trying to control it or dictate what we think it should be.
0: Oh, wow. And And honestly, you know, listening to what it actually is, I think, um, with my personality, I probably would find it difficult to do, and <laughs> you know, just to <laughs> being that, you know, we were taught, you know, we're taught to, to be a certain way. I, I would find right. it very difficult to just, you know, to hold that type of space in these situations um, or even to find the balance in holding that space. You know, for me, it would be all or like nothing, So, you know, I'm glad that you bring that up,
1: actually, because like I said, that's part of, you know, why I wrote this is so that people, you know, could learn what it is, but then learn that it takes a lot of energy. You know, like you're saying, I don't know if I could do it because it it does take a lot of energy and it does take some learning how to do it correctly. Um, And it just seems like something that, well, anyone can do that, just like you walk or breathe, you know. Um, but it, it actually takes a lot of energy and there's certain ways to do it where you can, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm done with weddings or um, life coaching sessions or things like that, I'm super energized. I feel great. And cause it's something I love to do. And that holding space, you know, the way that I do it, that I've learned to do it with, you know, the boundaries, the energetic boundaries and the, the facilitating and things like that. I feel awesome. But what I need to do afterwards is, go eat and sort of just ground myself and kind of come down from it a little bit. Cause there's a lot of energy that goes flying around in those situations. And when you're the one that's in charge of, of holding it and directing that energy so that, you know, things stay on track, um, there's a lot to that. So
0: I, I can imagine. Um, this is just a, this is just a question from, um, you know, from me as a, as sure. a life coach, have you ever gotten a person you know, uh, maybe they have anxiety or maybe they're just, they just have that high paced energy and the goal is to, you know, focus. At, I mean, I mean, this seems like something that would, you know, that a tool that will help them do that. But is it like an energy transfer
1: when, when you
0: uh, meet with them and deal with them and help them try to, you know, no. slow down or, or focus?
1: No, actually it's not. Um, and there are, there are, of course, other modalities that can, sort of help people calm their energy and things like that. But, but eventually it's going to be that person's responsibility to, to do that themselves. But no, what I'm doing actually, as a space holder, you, you have to have a lot of um, you do it for yourself first, because then you learn how to keep yourself separate from that other person. So that when you're the way I like to see it is that when I'm coaching somebody um, I'm holding that space and I, I visualize it sort of, if if anyone asks me how I do it, because, I mean, I just do it, but if anyone asks me how I do it, I visualize it as um, sort of clay in the middle of the room that I'm working with. And so when someone's telling me all their stuff and I'm, you know, asking them questions or leaving it in a certain way or, you know, we're digging this up or that up, I, I see it as it's all in the middle of the room in sort of this, you know, invisible energetic container, and we're working with it in there and when we're done with it it just sort of poof goes away. So I'm not taking it in, you know, they're not um taking my stuff in. It's it's we're sort of working with it separately as a separate thing. And okay. you know, that's really the only way you can do it as a space holder without draining yourself completely. <laughs> so. Right. Right.
0: And you know, um I I actually am in the field um, study-wise. My degree field is social services, and I have refused all out, right? I have refused all out to um, pursue, like, you know, my passion is to help people, but I haven't mastered how to help people without being drawn in. And I think Mm -hmm. that this is something that can help, you know, a person with that type of career, you know, especially um, when I looked at the options, you know, it's like be a child services worker, and I'm like, no, because I would want to take every child home, I'd be so sad every day, it's like, you know, I would would probably keep my husband up, like, you know what, I really, I can't get over Brittany, I just wish she just wasn't so sad when I saw her, you know, Mm -hmm. it would just be, you know, I I have to master it, before I can even go into that field, really, as a career, I would have to master holding space, you know, um as you define it because i i don't you know i i seem to take in other people in order to help them you know with themselves basically help them help themselves right it
1: is one of the things draining. that i it is one of the things that i define in the book and which you probably are and most people who are helpers are is uh, the word empath and it's not um, being empathetic, it's being empathic, which is a different thing. So it's E-M-T-A-T-H. And an empath is somebody who feels everything really big um, and who also, you know, takes in a lot of the energy without meaning to. So, you know, say there was a, a fight that just happened in a room and then you didn't even know it, but you walked in and you just felt something thick. Um, That's an empath. If you you know, can see somebody or hear somebody's something and you take that home with you and you take it into you and you're trying to process it for them and, and whatever, um, that's an empath. And, and empaths are really, really great in holding space and in helping careers. But they do need to learn how to, you know, hold that space properly, how to take care of themselves first and how to do, like I said, sort of see it as clay in the room rather than taking it into yourself because, you know, after a while of doing that, you don't. You don't even need to really think about not taking it home with you. You just you do what you do, and and then you you disconnect. But you don't even. Like I said, I don't even think about it. But the other thing is that you'll also learn um, what you can do and what you can't, and how to honor yourself for that. And not judge yourself or think, well, if I can't, you know. I tried working with these kids and doing whatever, and I do want to take every one of them home. And then you don't judge yourself for that. You say to yourself, okay, so I want to be in a helping career, but maybe that one is just too much for me. You know, as an empath, maybe I'm taking, I take too much of that in. And so maybe a different helping career is good for me. And maybe somebody else who won't take as much of that in, you know, whether they learn how or not would be better suited to that career. So, you know, you learn not to judge yourself for those things and you pick and choose what you can handle and what you can't. There are things that I know I can't handle, um, because I'll just take it in too much, or it'll just frazzle my energy, and I, I don't do those. I do what I'm good at, <laughs> you know. Right. Right.
0: What won't hurt me. And you me. have to be, you have to be really in tune with yourself to be able to, you know, point out that oh no, that's going to be too much for me. I can't do it. Exactly. You know.
1: And that's that's how that holding space for yourself helps you to learn those things about yourself, to learn. You know, okay, what's too much for me? What's good for me? What makes me sing and soar? Like I said, if I do a life coaching session or I do a wedding, I'm on top of the world. You know, my energy's soaring. And we could have gone through all kinds of really heavy stuff in a life coaching session. Um, but you know, when my client walks out, they've got the bricks off their shoulders. They're looking lighter, and my energy goes up too. Um, so, but those things are really aligned with me and and what works for me. Now, doing something like what you described, you know, that's I don't know if that would be aligned with me. So, you got to, you know, like I said, like you said, know yourself well and, uh, you know, holding space for yourself and getting to know yourself and doing that personal growth work definitely leads you to that. And then you can make better choices on, you know, what you want your career to be. That's very well said.
0: Um, A lot of us, you know, just pick something and then thrust ourselves into it only to, you know, I, I know a lot of people that have been in a career for a decade or, or more. And every day you're like, I really don't like this
1: job, you know? Yeah. My philosophy on that too, is that I think that I believe that we're all here with unique talents and I believe that there's a place for all of us to be. So, you know, one of us does do, you know, this certain type of space holding. One of us does a different type of space holding. One of us works in a retail store. One of us is a farmer. One of us is whatever. And, And I think that the more we get to know ourselves, and this answers that other question from before, too, about how does that help the world, if we're all doing what we actually should be doing and really makes our hearts sing and really makes us, you know, um, light and soar and thrive, um, you're going to have a whole lot of happy people on the planet if they're doing what they are meant to do rather than what they were told, well, you have to do this or that doesn't make money or this and that and whatever, um, but if they all get kind of get to know themselves enough to say, no, this is actually what I'm supposed to do, and I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what I'm supposed to do, and whether I have to work a side job until I can do it or whatever, this is what I, I'm i here to do. And once we're all doing what we're here to do, you know, in whatever capacity that is, because there's, there's roles for everybody to make the world go round, um, everyone, you know, will be a lot happier rather than pushing themselves to do something that they is isn't aligned with them.
0: Right. That's, that's, that's perfectly put. That is perfectly put. You know, if everybody was happier doing their job, then, you know, there would be a lot (laughs) more jobs done better. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, you know, if you've got people, you know, somebody who's maybe supposed to be a veterinarian being a, a fireman and then somebody who's supposed to be a fireman being a veterinarian, but that's not what either of them are supposed to be doing. And they're taking jobs from somebody else who may, you know, be thrilled to have that job. Right.
0: So why is holding space important in a relationship?
1: Uh, Because we have to allow for each other to grow and learn. And if we're we're really in a partnership, uh, an equal partnership, which, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but that's what, you know, I want. (laughs) A relationship is an equal partnership. And so each person has to do their own personal growth work and not – you know sort of rely on the other person like you were saying before to to do it for them so you do what you can do on your own and then if there's you know extra times where you might need a little help or a little assistance or whatever then you help each other out but but both people are doing their own work and they're walking side by side they're not one person's not carrying the other person and you know or on their back the whole time or you know metaphorically anyway right um, but a, a relationship can can breathe and be you know, mutually honoring for both people. You also don't get the triggers, you know, when, when someone gets upset by something and then they, they didn't do their own personal growth work. They don't know why they're upset and they project that anger onto the partner. Um, right. You know, you did it or you made, you know, and they, they all this anger on the partner were really, it's about something else, you know, inside of them that they didn't look at. So it would make a whole lot happier uh, partnerships and relationships for people to do that. Personal growth work and hold space for themselves because they'll start taking responsibility for their own baggage and their own garbage. Because we all have it, you know. But we have to be the ones to look at it and look through it and not just pass it on to somebody else. Um, I do talk in the book a lot about passing the poison, which is which is what that is. You know, when we don't look at it and we don't understand, you know, our wounds or our traumas and things, we just you know throw it around at somebody else. And that negative energy is really hard. I mean, if anyone ever you're out somewhere and somebody you know, yells at you or, you know, you're an employee somewhere and somebody screams at you or whatever, you know, it's not about you, you know, it's their own junk, but it's hard to shake that off. Cause that's a lot of energy, negative energy directed at you. <laughs> so.
0: Right. And you're not even understanding why it, it has to, you know, end up on your plate. But, um, so basically, it, you know, doing this, uh, self work and, um, you know, self love w- would make for healthier relationships.
1: Right hmm yeah because okay. if you have a healthier relationship with yourself you're going to have a healthier relationship with the people around you because you're taking responsibility for your your own stuff and you're not you know making somebody else be your everything you know because oh well everything I'm you know uh in so many different directions or I don't have time for myself so you have to be my everything now because I don't have anything for myself or you know, I, I'm mad at this, that, whatever, and so I'm mad at you, you know? <laughs> right, right.
0: Okay, so do you have any personal accounts for where, um, you know, this method was useful to you?
1: I do. Um, some of the things were with my my family I grew up in. Um, there's been, it's been a lot of conflict and discord and things, and so one of the chapters in the book is, is how to hold space for relationships until they come around again. Um, Sometimes you have to sort of let go for a while and distance yourself um, because, you know, you might be trying to do your work and the other person is just not in a place to to meet you where you're at right then. And so sometimes, you know, even though it's a family member and you love them and you don't want to just, you know, leave or let go of them or never talk to them again, um, you know, maybe you have to sort of alter the amount of time you spent on that relationship or the way that you're interacting with that person for a bit and step back until it, you know, that relationship hopefully comes around again, where it can meet in a, in a healthier way for both people. Um, and then as far as um, partnerships, um, you know, I was, I was married for 15 years and, and got divorced. And so as a personal growth person and spiritual person, um, you know, I spent a solid two years really, you know, just healing and looking at everything and, and, uh, just really, you know, I had done my personal growth work for years before that. And, um, that's part of sort of what broke it up is cause I'm, I would wanted to be really conscious of myself. Um, but anyway, so getting into a new relationship, I'm remarried now. And, uh, so my husband now, of course, everything, you know, little thing that we did provided me, uh food for the book, (laughs) different things would come up and I'd be like, Oh, I have so much to, you know, write about this because of my whole background and my whole history and and what this, this thing is about. And so um, every little thing that came up with him would give me a new chapter for the book. And it wasn't all about him. It was just, you know, about, Oh, it would be so good if, you know, we did this in this situation or, wow, we did this really well. You know, you and I just did this thing so well. And I don't think people really realize that. So I want to write a chapter about that and things like that.
0: Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm divorced as well. So, um, you know, I definitely can relate and, you know, to how the, you know, not doing the self work can, uh, can affect other relationships, not just, you know, romantic relationships, but, you know, your relationships with family members or, you know, especially um, I had children with my husband. So, you know, I still had to keep those connections um, from his, you know, from the in-laws for their sake. And that was a little, you know, that was pretty frustrating. And, um, you know, I had to find balance with that. So I, I definitely can relate to you know, um, especially after, you know, you've been with someone for a long time, you kind of want to renew yourself, you know. Um, you know, you, we cool. all grow even, even you know, we don't stop growing because we're married. So, you know, you may have been growing <laughs> during the relationship and you might have grown oh, yeah. right out of love with this person. And right. sometimes we don't even understand that.
1: Well, and the, the really good thing, too, is that when you get to know yourself really well and you really do that personal growth work, you will realize, how grateful you can be for that relationship and realize that, Oh, you know what? We're just on two different pages and that's okay. And it might be the most loving thing to do to just let go right now and let each person live their life in the way that they want to, because hanging on is hurting everybody. And so, you know, you can start to see things from a higher perspective and nobody has to do what we've done in our society for so long too, which trash talk people or be mad at them or, you know, blame somebody or whatever and none of that needs to happen you know if we if it's time to move on or shift or or whatever then that's what's best for everybody and most loving and, and will allow for the most growth for, for each person involved and, and certainly the kids you know that can see that people are conducting themselves like loving responsible adults that you know can see that oh this was a gift in my life and it brought me this wisdom and this whatever and you know I don't think bad of it at all Um, I would think that's a great example for kids and and for just, you know, having more love in the world.
0: Right. Right. That's true. Okay. So is there ever a time when you should stop holding space for a person, a situation or, you know, an idea? There is.
1: um, I do have a chapter uh, or a subchapter called Letting Go. And that is when, and and that's what we were both just talking about too (laughs) with divorce is um, sometimes the most loving thing to do is to just, you know, let go. And sometimes when we do that personal growth work, we're we're changing, we're shifting, we're growing. And sometimes the people that we were aligned with previously, we might not be aligned with anymore. Um, And that's okay. And so, you know, there are times when it's more loving to let go and whether that be just to adjust or shift the um type of relationship you're having with somebody, or you know to maybe just not have it at all anymore um but to to let go and love and to know that you know you you did your best, you tried your best, you learned a lot, um but maybe it's it's not for the highest good for you know the two of you or the however many of you to be in each other's lives anymore and and that's okay, yeah.
0: Okay, I mean that that makes sense. Um, you know, situations specifically. You know, um, I have a lot. Like I have a timeline full of people just today on uh, Facebook that are having a hard time letting go of situations. You know, maybe it's a, a job that you know they think they need, but the job is clearly toxic for them, or a friendship. <laughs> you know, especially with Valentine's yeah. Day, you have no idea how how many people you know, are in a relationship just because they're used to it, you know, they, you know, it's, it's a comfort thing and it's not necessarily, um, good or healthy for them. It, it's not right. a growing situation or it's a growing not environment for them.
1: It's not enhancing each of the people. Right. Yeah. Okay. I understand. It's true. That's, we were all taught something. That's what I'm saying. It's all about changing the consciousness. You know, we've, tried to do it this way for so long. We we fought into what we were told, you know, but really all it did was stuff us down into ourselves. And, you know, if we can just pull all of ourselves back up, love ourselves, love the people around us, even let go in love, you know, and and when something is toxic or when something is best being loving to ourselves to say, you know what, this isn't, this isn't good for me anymore. This isn't right for me anymore. I'm going to love myself enough to move on. I'm going to love that other person or that other situation or whatever enough to thank it for being in my life. And then, you know, maybe they're best served by somebody else or something else right now. Right. So it's not necessarily toxic that, you know, necessarily, I mean, sure there are situations where something is toxic or awful or, you know, but, but some situations it's just not even that that person is necessarily a toxic person. It's just that you just don't, you're not vibrating on the same plane anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's toxic for you just like if you had a food allergy you know say you were allergic to milk you know it's it's not that milk is horrible, and everybody that drinks milk has a horrible time with it. It's just that you personally are are now allergic to milk and can't tolerate it and that's okay right right
0: it's it's a it's not uh it doesn't speak about that person it speaks about you know you you two as a situation you know right okay. So in, in the book, you stress how important it is to honor yourself for the energy you use while holding that space. Why is that mm-hmm. important?
1: Um, well, that goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, I'm just going to kind of throw out there real quick. Something I discuss in the book is the masculine and the feminine energies. Now, this isn't necessarily about being a male or a female, but masculine and feminine energies um can be seen in, in different ways. I, I wrote a, a dissertation a while back about um, the healing of the masculine and feminine. And the, I looked at it in three lenses um, of whether you're a male or female, um, the masculine and feminine energies, which I'll explain in a minute. And then um, what culture does to shape, you know, how you should act as a male or a female, but the masculine and feminine energies are something that each of us, no matter if we're male or female have inside of us. And Masculine energies are things that are, um, uh, related to doing and processes and logic and structures and, and things like that on the one side of the brain and the feminine energies are things on the other side of the brain, which are more, um, relationships and, and holding space and, um, uh, emotions and, and things where, um, they're more um, connected. I know there's a million more. I just can't come up with them right now. But like I said, each of us have both of those inside of us, and we need to balance them both to be able to um, be whole people. And so that's why, the you know, the women with the, the women's movement, we got a lot of that masculine energy back, and then some of us are having to sort of balance back into the feminine energy. And, right. and the men are, you know, like I said, those awakening men who are starting to realize, hey, it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to know who I am it's okay not to stuff everything down. a, it's okay to cry. Those things are all okay. And I can go right. to therapy and I can go to a life coach and I can do all these things and I can get in touch with myself. Um, so, because like I said, each of us needs both those masculine and feminine energies inside of us working and, and being attended to in order to, um, to be whole. And, um, sorry I lost sight of the original question. <laughs>
0: no, it was it? um why is it important to um honor uh yourself uh,
1: yes. energy thank you, yes. So what's uh what we discussed earlier is how our, our culture and our society has very much um, honored and made um you know given awards to and, and made more important the um, masculine energies inside of us of doing and not so much being so do this perform this you know do this structure this um you know schoolwork, this logic this whatever but anything that was being you know people who um caretake the earth or caretake each other or you know meditate or or you know spend time just knowing themselves or um you know go to therapy or do um personal growth growth work or go to a life coach those things we're just sitting and being for a while. Um, those things were not honored. And like I said um, with holding space, that being takes a lot of energy, and um, we were not taught to honor ourselves for that. So that being takes as much energy as the doing. And so we need to stop shoving it down and making it less important and realize that in order to balance ourselves and the planet, it, it is as important. So. Man,
0: that's, that's, that's very true. That's very true um, I'm actually interested in getting this book At this point um, I think that there's a lot that I can learn um, You know, and, and a lot of people around me um, I, I, like, listening to your definition I'm definitely an empath And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times I I beat myself up for Taking in other people's You know, issues that don't necessarily Have to be mine And, um, you know I think my mom has actually seen it in me And it's like you know, if I call her for, for help for something, she automatically assumes that I can't take care of myself because I'm helping someone else, you know, mm. and it, it it bothers her so much. So, you know, her first thing is not like, oh, you know, oh, oh are you okay? It's like, okay, well, you better not be helping somebody and this is why you beat <laughs> me, <laughs>
1: you know? Wow. So, uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is uh, part of the book too explains about um, being an empath and how you can it's it's not something you need to beat yourself up about it's just something you it's a gift actually but that gift can kind of be a curse when you first you know become aware of it or when you're not aware of it at all um, until right. you learn how to work with it and channel that energy correctly and then it can be a giant gift because then if you are working with um, people or in some kind of helping profession you can be fabulous at it and not hurt yourself in the process and not taking, you know, other people's stuff or the world's stuff, you know, because empaths are taking in everything from the world right now too. Um, right. So there are certain things that you need to do to to learn how to honor your energy and honor yourself and and you know work with your gift so that it's it's not something that overwhelms you. Um, so don't beat yourself up for it, please, because it's not your fault. People don't understand what being an empath is, um, and you know don't understand that it is actually a gift once you once you learn to work with it. So, so well, you know, I'm learning,
0: so. I'm, I'm learning to uh, put boundaries on myself and, and I, I actually get good, you know, really, really good energy and good vibes and, you know, joy from, you know, when I do allow myself to to help people now because it's not to the capacity of draining me, whether it's, you know, energy or time or whatever. I always make sure that, you know, uh, my priorities, um Hello? Are in order. Oh,
1: are you
0: there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello, Amanda. Can you hear me? Hmm. Uh, we seem to have lost Amanda. Okay. Amanda, can you hear me? Hey Amanda, are you there? Okay, well I think Amanda is having um some technical difficulties and um I'm just going to talk a little bit about you know how I think that um, her book can affect some of our, our listeners. Um, I do feel like a lot of women, specifically, um, spe- uh, uh, especially a lot that I know, um, have an issue with holding space, not only in relationships but in uh, situations. You know, we don't we don't really take the time to um, focus our energy on, you know, our position or our, our role. And, and the things going on around us or how do things really affect us. And, um, I do. Hey, Amanda, are you there?
1: Yeah. I just, I, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I didn't know what to do. Cause I heard you the whole time. Um, and that's so why I pressed seven to see. Hello,
0: Amanda. Okay there you are can yeah can you hear me yes okay I, I have no idea what's happening your mic is is open so we we can hear you loud okay. and clear but um All right. you know I was going on to say now. that okay good we have you loud and clear I was going on to say that um you know I think a lot of uh, women that I know specifically have issues with um holding space and their relationships, whether it's, uh, you know, career relationships or um, specifically romantic relationships. Sometimes we uh, put so much energy into making the other person happy, whether, you know, no matter what sex, the you know, uh, orientation or whatever, but we put so much right. into the other person that we forget to hold space for ourselves.
1: Well, that's why it starts with you. Um, but the cool thing about the book, too, is I've written it, Like you're going on a journey through the life of a space holder. So it starts with yourself and holding space for yourself and learning how to, learning about the empath thing, learning about how to do self care, learning about how, you know, you might need to get uncomfortable first to really learn who you are and start to get to know yourself. Then it goes on to learning how to hold space in relationships. Then it goes on to learning how to hold space for your dreams, the things you, your passions, the things you want to manifest in life. Um, it goes on to the professional space, holding all different things. So, um, that's the cool thing is that it actually starts with yourself and, and the book is laid out that way as well. It sounds,
0: it just sounds so peaceful, Amanda. It just sounds, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it really does. Well, it really sounds so calming to, to, uh, do this, you know, to, to go through this process.
1: It is, and I'll tell you, um, you know, years ago, I used to be a very A-type personality person myself, and I definitely bought into, you know, hurry, 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 do, 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 perform, 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 and, um, you know, to to the idea of take care of everybody else first, and, you know, I'm an empath and didn't know what to do with it in the beginning, too, and just took in everybody's stuff, and um, so, you know, I had a complete transformation, and, and what you said about, you know, it feels so peaceful, but I, you're right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And and even though I'm back into – my life is a lot busier now than it has been for, you know, a few years past because I took a few years to sort of detox myself from that type of life. Um, You know, that's where my my spiritual guidance took me is sort of on this this detox of just spending a lot more time being and really learning to balance myself out so that when I did reintegrate myself back into a busy life that I would be more balanced then and not so out of balance on the the masculine energy side of do, do, do. So.
0: Okay. So what inspired you to um, write this book? What like, what inspired
1: this book? (laughs) Well, like I said, my own journey um, from being a type personality. this is a good, good leading question. Um, My own journey from being (laughs) a type personality to to getting through that calm part. Um, But honestly, um, some years back, I had um, Something going on in my life And I sort of you know Didn't have a a real solid Spirituality or religion when I was growing up Um, And I just I guess I didn't realize when I was younger That you could have be spiritual And be connected to a higher power without A religion specifically Um, So I just never really had anything So when I got to that point Where things were just you know Out of my Control and out of my reach, I sort of threw up my hands, got on my knees, and said, "Okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Help!" <laughs> right,
0: somebody, right? Um, Whoever is there? Somebody just well, slip in.
1: Well, I, you know, I call it God. I know everyone's got their own words, and I'm fine with all of that. It took me a while to call it God, actually, because it's just, you know, the the way it's been, you know, that fire right, described in some circles. Yeah, exactly. A background. Yeah, everyone's background. So. Um, But once I did that, I I sort of, and intuition is covered and and, uh, relationship with a higher power is actually covered in the book, too. You don't need to, you know, if someone's not interested in that, it's not going to throw you off of the book because it's, you know, a a chapter or two. But it's, and I don't get into, you know, real religious things or whatever. It's sort of a universal um, connection with whatever's bigger than you, however you see that. Well, it's more spiritual
0: than religious. That's, That's beautiful. Correct.
1: But once I tuned into that, I started having a very, very, very um, close relationship with what I call God and and my team of of helpers. And, um, you know, like I said, they sort of led me through, um, you know, I said, here, you take the keys, you take the wheel, I'll be the co-pilot, you know, you (laughs) know what's going on and and I want the help. And so um, I sort of downloaded this book um, after, you know, a lot of different parts of my own journey. Um, this book just needed to be written, I guess, and I guess I was the one to write it because sometimes stuff would come through me so fast, you know, so much material that I would have a hard time keeping up uh, with my pen because I I like to write, um, you know, back in the old style way with my pen and paper. So,
0: right. I as a writer, I struggle with that. I think that the energy and the the um the, I write fiction, um, but I've actually had an easier time with creativity handwriting than I do typing. And, mm-hmm. But it just—it's like an extra job to go back and type it, you know. <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> it is. That's true. But um, like you said, I mean, uh, there's just some sort of uh, better connection with the pen and paper, I guess, um, and the fact right. that you're the one writing it, and your handwriting's coming through and things. And I also like to make a lot of notes and scratch things out, and you know. Arrows and whatever, and I don't, you can't really do that on a computer as well as you can, right. you know, on a piece of paper. So I can make more sense of it later once I've, you know, made my circles and stars and arrows and notes and whatever. So.
0: Well, yeah, you know, it allows you to be more creative, and you know, uh, you ha- you have more room, a bigger palette, you know.
1: I fully right, totally agree. Exactly, and even with that, the the process of writing the book, you know, is a good example of masculine and feminine energy working together because. You know, when you're in that creative space and you're allowing material to come through you, you have to be in a very feminine, receptive uh, space and a re- very receptive energy, very open to that, you know, creative field. Um, but then when, like you said, it's time to type it and edit it and whatever, you got to get into that masculine energy to take that creative work and put it out into the world in some kind of form that people are going to understand. Right. So creative so right. a great because example of, of selves, masculine you know, feminine working together.
0: You, right, because our you know our, our feminine energy. Sometimes when we go back and look at the paper, like you said, it's heart stars and horseshoes and arrows, and you know, <laughs> you know, well, you know, we're putting, we're sliding ideas to the you know on the side of the paper. The, oh, we're gonna draw an arrow so that can go here or there, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, to someone else it would look like okay, what? But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had that. I've had that a lot. And, um, my son is actually an artist. He draws and, you okay. know, I had, I've had to learn to wait because, you know, I'll look at it and, and try to make sense of it, you know, and it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, he's still in the process, but then after it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but, um, so we're coming to the that end. I've, there I've you been are. so, <laughs> I've been so, um, like in tune with with this whole uh space holding thing and I'm gonna order your book I really can't wait to get it and and to try and start the process I think that it would be something really help help you know healthy for me and helpful for other people around me considering my uh nature and my you know the way Mm -hmm. the way my energies are at this point but um so where can we tell everybody to get your book? Like how can anybody wanting to, to learn to hold space, find your book?
1: Absolutely. Um, you can definitely get it on Amazon. Um, if you just search for holding space, um, if you want to put in the subtitle, a guide to supporting others while remembering to take care of your yourself first. Um, but you might just want to type in holding space. And my name, Amanda Dobra, D O B R A. So it's like Cobra with a D, and then Hope at the end, like you know, Hope, Love, Peace. So Amanda Dobra Hope, and Holding Space. You can get it on Amazon. Otherwise, um, I have two websites. I have one specifically for the book. It's Holding spaceweeblycom Com, um, and then I have one for my coaching practice and the book, which is It's As You Like It. Com, which is kind of like the Shakespeare play As You Like It, but with an I T S in front of it. So It's As You Like It. Com. Um and then i've got uh twitter and facebook i'm at amanda dobra hope on twitter i've got a blog on amandadoberhope.wordpress hope dot wordpress um so I'm all over the place
0: as a final thought. I have to say your name sounds like someone that can um you know as a life coach you're like no i'm going to Dr. Hope. And it's like, you know, you get in a good mood.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. Right. That.
0: It just fits. It just fits. Um, I've been very, very, this has been really awesome. I've been very pleased to um have this conversation with you. I know initially you only, um, you know, were in contact with Marie and she, mm-hmm. you know, told me a few things about you, but I'm very excited that I was able to do the interview with you. I feel like, you know, um, having this uh you know this this out there holding space a lot of people don't know what to call it they you know they just know that they need it or they need to figure out how right. to do it and and you finally put a definition to it and I wish your book all the success.
1: Thank you so much. I I wish Thank to you. just spread it around so that people can understand it and understand themselves better and you know, do what they're meant to do, be what they're meant to be and thrive.
0: Right and if you could um you know just inbox um well my my facebook is just j j u s t j a e um Warner if you can inbox me a link I'll share it. I, I think that it's a wonderful you know um idea. It's, I'm I'm really glad that um you came up with you know the book. I think uh, there are a lot of self-help things and most of it is, you know, a lot of it is financial or a lot of it is religious and it's nothing that's really, right. this is how you become grounded in order to do these
1: things, you know? Right. Yeah, you're right. Give me that address one more time or your Facebook one more time. J U S T J A E.
0: That's one word. Last name Warner, W A R N E R.
1: Oh, okay. So just J A E and then Warner. Got it.
0: Yes. Well, it's, okay, it's cool. just J? As is one word. J U S C J A E. J U
1: S J A E. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. If I don't find you in the next couple, you know, in the next day, you know where to find me. (laughs) I I
0: sure do. I definitely will find you, Doctor Hope. And you know, uh, I'll, I'll just you know, if you just inbox me a link, I, I'll share it. I'll make sure you know we we get it out there, you know. And that's you know that's that's a whole timeline of people that that looking for something. And if they're not looking, they might not even know that they need it yet until they see it. Right. You know.
1: But thank which it you so like maybe you didn't know either before you got on the phone today. Or Very true. I
0: I knew that I needed to. <laughs> I knew that I needed you know to to balance, but I didn't know how. That that is super true. I didn't know, you know, like what what where to start really. I did not know right. really where, where to start really. But um, thank you so much for calling in. No problem. And thank um, you. you know, if you do if if you do come out with another book or anything, we'll definitely have you on the show again.
1: There there are more in me. I know there are. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I look forward to it. And again, I wish you all the all the success out there i i I want you know all the all the support and success to gravitate towards you with this i think that this can be a a really powerful thing thank you so much thank you so much i i agree um you guys have been listening to the miss reason show with um amanda dobra hope and um As she said, you can contact her on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, make sure you get her book. I I really feel like it'll be, you know, something really good for you guys. Y'all have a good night.